great gowns, beautiful gowns. Hi, I'm Lauren Garoni. And I'm Chelsea Fairless. And welcome to another episode of the Every Outfit Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. Hi. Okay, well, I have to introduce you first. (laughs) Except I don't know what to say other than she's a stylist, she's Australian, she's my wife. That I am. Welcome back to the pod, Tad. Thanks, babe. I'm glad you brought me back. Especially after, you know... The week you had, where we left things on the podcast, your marriage was almost over due to a... <laughs> it was all mis- America's in shambles. <laughs> right. You're referring to the fight that we had over the fact that you told me that Oprah died. Right. Well, I wanted to clear some things up now that I'm here. <laughs> you acted like it was a prank, like I was trying to get you. I genuinely believed Oprah died. In that case... Well, that's offensive, like, in its own right. <laughs> Okay, I didn't click on the link. I didn't do my research, sure, but I got the text. It was the first thing I saw, and I just thought, oh my God, Oprah died. If I may say, I think we learned because we relitigated this story once again over the weekend because <laughs> our parents. still par- not over it. We'll never be over it. That's just, that's understood. But we relitigated this because our parents had never met before. Your parents were in town. We were having brunch. And I think what we've learned is there's two kinds of people. People that just repeat what is sent to them in a text message. And those who take a pause and don't immediately repeat what they see in a text message. (laughs) And we know kind of. Well, we know what one I am. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) The best part was, which Cheldon says, she looked at me during the fight. Like, she's like screaming at me. She looks at me (laughs) and she goes, what would you do if I told you Rihanna died? And I looked at her and I go, I mean, I wouldn't react like this. (laughs) Calm the fuck down <laughs> anyway best part of the whole thing was that our uh, back door was open in our backyard and our very cool ne- next door neighbor was having a house party dinner party yeah like a lovely outdoor dinner party this guy's like super cool he's like he owns some sort of like hype beast resale right. business and up until this point he thought you guys were super cool Probably. as well and we just heard the dinner party go silent <laughs> they listened to the whole thing uh, anyway i love you babe so fucked Anyway. I love you too, especially because you know, Tat did me a big solid yesterday. She oh. did my online traffic school because I ran a red light. Okay. There is a corner in Beverly Hills where they are very litigious with those red lights. Yes. It's a five-way intersection in front of the Beverly Hills Hotel. I ran the light. I can't even deny it because... <laughs> well, well, you did deny it for a long time. When the... Until- when the- <laughs> And the fine arrived in the mail before I opened it and saw the photo. She's like, I didn't run a red. That wasn't me. I open it up and it, it's a full photo of her face just like casually driving through the red light. But when I went in to pay the fine for her last night, I put the information in and there's a, it's like click to see the video. There's a full video of her just <laughs> like going straight through this red light. There was no pausing. There was no nothing. Anyway. But I love that over the weekend, I was like, oh, when that happened to me, I had to go to traffic school. And you were like, I don't need to do that stuff. But evidently, you did. Yeah, but it's just like it takes two seconds online. It's not really school so much as a multiple choice quiz. Do you actually like go to a physical? No, No. you did it online. No, when I got a ticket, I've only gotten tickets that required me going to traffic school twice once when I was 16 and that I physically had to do in person and then yeah last time no and there's a particular one 
that you just go to the quiz, have a different tab open, and you just that's exactly yeah, what that's we did. What, yeah. I was like very drunk last night too while I did this. It was so fun because a hundred percent score, a hundred percent. But you know what? I'm fucking pissed about. Do you know how much this ticket cost? Five hundred dollars. Oh, I think when this happened to me, maybe it was two hundred. Inflation. That's a reasonable amount of money. Yeah, to pay for this. Guess but what? Five hundred dollars. Inflation's a bitch in Biden's America. Okay. I just like don't understand this because what's minimum wage in California? Like $15? Yeah. So to make $500, you have to work what? Like, I mean, I definitely can't do that math, but no. at least 20 hours, 30 hours. Yeah, but that's why people don't pay their fines, would rather go to jail, would rather do community service, but the city doesn't want that because they want the money. Although, alternatively, do they price tickets based on neighborhoods? Because it was Beverly Hills. True, but... Fuck that. I'm so pissed. Anyway. Chelsea's like, they should do a thing where they like assess the video and see like, was anyone else there? Like, was, was yeah, there any danger? Yeah, there was no danger. Anyway, whatever. Let's stop talking about I want, this. I want Chelsea Fairless Traffic Court. Did you see the video? Yes. <laughs> it's the best. Because Chelsea will do this so, mon- so many times in life. It is nearly 90 degrees today in Los Angeles. And I said, why did it get hot again? She goes, it's not hot. Uh- I just like don't understand why everyone here is obsessed with talking about how hot it is all the time. It's like, we live in LA, it's hot. You'll be wearing a thick cord shirt. It's also nearly November. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, so it's nice to have irrefutable evidence. Yeah, Lauren likes having me around because I back her up. This is going to be fun for you, (laughs) Joe. All right, let's talk about stuff. Yeah, it's a day that ends in Y, which means there's, and just like that, season two things to discuss. What should we start with, the outfits or the Tony Danza of it all? <laughs> Hold me closer, Tony Danza. Maybe let's start with, with Tony. So it was announced this week that Tony Danza is playing Che Diaz's dad within the world of their sitcom. Yes, which I think a lot of people took that to mean that Tony Danza was their father, but no. There's a joke, you know, I blocked out a lot of in just like that, but I guess there is a joke in the season finale where Che Diaz jokes about Tony Danza being their father. And wouldn't you know it, Tony Danza is their father. Cute. Why not? I mean, he's a titan of American television. It makes sense. And... We haven't gotten a celebrity playing themselves since Miley Cyrus in Sex and the City 2. I like when celebrities play themselves and not celebrities playing different celebrities. Like, remember Vince Vaughn was Carrie Fisher's assistant? But then Carrie Fisher was herself, which I guess speaks to Vince Vaughn's fame level at the time. But no, he was famous then. It's weird when some people play themselves and other people don't. Like, Jerry Hallowell just played a random person yeah a random famous person but not jerry hallowell it was a famous person i don't know anyway uh we were off last week so we missed the nicole ari parker and kristen davis set photos that seem to be set at some ball i'm going to assume yeah i feel like they have to be going to some bougie upper east side benefit with some sort of masquerade theme And here's hoping that our dream plot line for Charlotte, where her and Harry are soft swinging with uh, Nicole Ari Parker, LTW, and her husband happens. Hot. Yeah, that would be hot. I think it's possible because these outfits that they're wearing 
you can imagine them in some sort of eyes wide shut type sex party situation, especially Charlotte, because she's wearing like a slutty equestrian outfit. She's wearing like a rubber corset. And is that when she's wearing those Amina Mawadi boots? Yes. Which are also very fetishy. And if you follow and just like that costumes on Instagram, the costume designers, they said that the look was inspired by the artwork of John Willie, who did a lot of like fetish illustration in the 1950s. So it seems like a very specific reference. I mean, maybe they're hearkening back to what true Sex and the City fans understand, which is Charlotte's a goddamn freak in the sack. She is a freak. And like, because we know she was a horse girl as a child, it makes sense that as an adult, she would then be into some weird like equestrian, like BDSM Hermes riding crop type shit, you know? And we know Evan Handler wants to show that fake dong again, so. For sure. But yeah, we got a Carrie outfit also. We got a monochromatic all fuchsia outfit, which is different for her. That's right. That's right. We got her kissing the podcast boyfriend. So he's still around. For now. And yeah, I think that's kind of it, right? I'm sure something will come up between recording and editing and getting this podcast up. But yeah, for now, that's, that's what we have. And in Just Like That land. So what else? Well, Chelsea, while looking at my phone this week, there were many things that made me say, what? No. So that can only mean one thing. Bad news. Cue the theme. (laughs) Bad news. (laughs) Only on every outfit. I'm going to breeze through these because I truly don't think anyone wants to dwell on any of this, but it bears mentioning Mel Gibson will be testifying in Harvey Weinstein's Los Angeles case. So like in, I know nothing about this. So is he testifying against him or like on behalf of him, like for him? No, 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 no. I mean, I know he hates Jewish people, so I would imagine he's not like into Harvey Weinstein. Yes, uh, Harvey Weinstein's rape and sexual assault trial will soon be beginning here in Los Angeles. A judge ruled on Friday that Mel Gibson can testify as a witness in support of Jane Doe 3's accusations of sexual battery as the woman told Gibson of her altercation with Weinstein. As you might imagine, Weinstein's lawyer argued against having Gibson, who famously went on an anti-Semitic rant while being arrested for drunk driving in 2006. So I guess two wrongs do sometimes make a right. Wow. So when is this actually happening, though? I don't know. And is it going to be, like, are cameras allowed in the courtroom? Like, is it going to be filmed? No. I think we're definitely going to get court drawings and it will be breathlessly every detail will be documented by deadline but no um we go back to doing reenactments like they did when the michael jackson trial was going on that was good but we should say this is a very dark trial like weinstein is facing 11 rape and sexual assault counts at this trial and i should say this trial shouldn't be confused with the new york sexual assault trial that already happened where he was convicted and sentenced to 23 years in prison so do we know what the maximum sentence is for all these charges I don't know. I assume equivalent to this. Let's just say he will be spending one way or another the rest of his life in prison. Also, what I thought was interesting is Jane Doe number four in this trial is Gavin Newsom's wife. That's fucked. Yeah. Speaking of more fucked things, 
Anthony Rapp's $40 million civil trial against Kevin Spacey is now underway. For those that don't remember, in October 2017, Rapp went public with his story of unwanted sexual advances from, from Spacey when he was 14 and Spacey was 26. Spacey infamously responded by not only claiming it was untrue, but he took the opportunity to finally come out of the closet. Well, Monday he- In a tweet, (laughs) iconic. Well, Monday he offered another doozy of a deflection by explaining that his father was a white supremacist and a neo-Nazi. So that's why he was closeted? Because, like, not to play devil's advocate, but that does make sense a little bit, right? Or at least when he's younger. Like, if your dad's a neo-Nazi, like, if your dad is literally Chris Cooper in American Beauty, like, you're not coming out to that man. Also, Nazis hate gay people, too. Also, you're making me think, because Kevin Spacey was shot to death by Chris Cooper, the neo-Nazi, did he just get that defense from the plot of American Beauty? Yeah, seriously. But that doesn't make sense as a reason to be, like, closeted when you're in your 20s. You're financially independent, presumably, right? When, At the time of the assault, anyway. When Kevin Spacey was 26, he became famous much later. I just think he's quite literally Kaiser Soze. Like, there's, he's just an evil person. Hey, how was he able to play the serial killer in Seven so well? Guess what? He's a fucking sociopath. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. This is also a total aside, and I know besides the point, but do you remember that Kevin Spacey's brother's a Rod Stewart impersonator? No, I had, I never knew that. This came to light during the allegations again, but also that brother who lives in England was like, oh yeah, our father sexually abused us, which seems like the more pertinent point to make as a defense. Yeah, it seems like a better defense for sure. More just like headache inducing stuff. On Monday, Daily Mail began releasing tidbits from an exclusive interview they conducted with Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis' former nanny. Because I guess NDAs are just suggestions these days. Uh, This former nanny detailed, among other things, Sudeikis finding out about Wilde and Styles via an Apple Watch Olivia left behind, Wilde giving up her dog to spend more time with Styles, Sudeikis laying in front of Wilde's car so she couldn't bring a salad to Harry Styles, and said nanny getting fired in the middle of the night because she didn't want to hear Sudeikis whine anymore. I am riveted by this story. Fuck, Olivia Wilde can't catch a break, can she? Like, she just wants to have her affair with Harry Styles in peace. Like, why can't we let her do that? Yeah, she just wants to make a mediocre film and get that young dick. And and somehow David O. Russell was able to make an $80 million film that completely flopped and has done way worse things in his personal and professional life. And we just keep letting that slide. Why? Because Christian Bale wants to keep working with him? Yeah. I do feel really bad for... What's his name? Ted Lasso? Jason Sudeikis. (laughs) Okay. I do feel bad for him though. I really hope that he did something fucked up to warrant being left for Harry Styles in this way because that's just so fucked up. And like imagine if your wife is fucking Harry Styles. Like I feel like watermelon sugar and as it was are like haunting me in my life and I'm just like a normal person. Imagine like- Hold on. Tad, imagine your wife is fucking Harry Styles. (laughs) Oh, that is an image I do not want to think of. (laughs) And then you have to hear his music like every day of your goddamn life. I I already hate his music. Imagine how much you would hate it. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I think this is a safe space. We all hate his music. Yeah, I don't get it. Cut to, we get a one-star review from, I don't even know. Harry's biggest fan. Yeah. I respect that other people have a different opinion. I just, look, look, I'm sure we have a lot of Harry Styles fans listening, and I love you and respect you, and you do you. That's fine. It just doesn't speak to me. 
saying he's hot. Like, is, is kind of. Is he? He kind of looks a little bit like a turtle, but I mean, who am I to talk because I look like a frog? So <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, oh. but you look like a hot frog. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, otherworldly frog. It, it's just so unnecessarily messy. That's why I've included it in the bad news section, just because why? Why now? Why do I need to know all of these details? Also, why are we treating this as if it's cancelable offenses? Like, we now treat gossip and, like, salacious news as, like, well, this is further proof what? We need to cancel Olivia Wilde? Yeah. Or, like, like Adam Levine, even. Yeah. Right? It's just totally. a philanderer. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, cheaters are cheaters, but... Yeah, morally not great, but... Anyway, I know way too much about a couple that I previously knew nothing about. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Olivia Wilde, Jason Diggs, leave us out of this. <laughs> Um, what else? Another chaotic part of Monday was Keith McNally, owner of the of beloved New York institutions, Balthazar and Pestis, took to Instagram to explain that while he rarely 86s people, he did ban James Corden from Balthazar for being, as he says, the most abusive customer to his server since the restaurant opened 25 years ago. Then a mere seven hours later, McNally let the world know that he had unbanned Corden after he called and apologized. Why am I just imagining James Corden like screaming at a waiter like as his character in Cats? <laughs> I mean, I feel like based on the stories he told of what he did, there's got to be worse customers than him. Yeah, it for was sure. It's not, like there was a hair in his food. Yeah. Like, we have, we have all worked for celebrities or eccentric rich people. And that is not the what was detailed that James Corden did. While like, not great. You shouldn't treat servers like that. Not the worst behavior I think any of us have seen. Absolutely not. Yeah, I agree. And James Corden did call to apologize, which classy move. I mean, it would have been way classier if he had done that before being humiliated publicly. <laughs> well, if you're not following Keith McNally on Instagram, you're really not living. Like, he's a total bitch, but maybe the realest person on Instagram. So this isn't out of line with his online persona at all. Well, good for James Corden. He's back. Because you was can't a quick be cancellation. <laughs> you can't be banned from that restaurant. That's terrible. If you're a New Yorker, like no. I mean, is he in New Which he's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever. He I'm sure he's there like once a month at least. Sure. So this is more your news, but I will go over it. Patty Lapone resigned from the Actors' Equity, which is their union, right? And this comes if you're a stage actor in the United States. Yes, this comes on the heels of an actor in Hades Town scolding an audience member who they thought was recording the performance, but actually. They suffered from hearing loss and they were using a captioning device. This person tweeted about that instance. Then people were talking about how Patti Lapone has yelled at audience members for actually recording the performance. Which is a completely different thing. Her name does not need to be invoked in this situation because these are not comparable situations. No, but that prompted her to tweet, quite a week on Broadway, seeing my name being bandied about, gave up my equity card, no longer part of that circus, figure it out. Figure what out? Is she? Does she mean like we need to figure out how to take away cell phones from like everyone i mean i understand why actors are frustrated yeah should they do what uh pixar and marvel does at premieres and now what comedians do and lock up your phone yeah those little neoprene cases oh, I hate that. yeah i hate that too 
It makes you feel like a child yeah. or something. Yeah. But this was reported as if she gave up her equity card because the tweet does make it seem like that, where it's like, my name has been mentioned one time too many. That's it. I'm out of this bitch. But really, she resigned months ago and just chose this moment to announce like, oh, yeah, I'm no longer part of the equity union. It does seem a little unnecessarily dramatic. From a Broadway star? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it... It is, but at the same time, I think the main Patti LuPone stealing someone's phone incident was when she was in this play called Shows for Days, which I actually saw. I unfortunately was not there on the night that she took someone's cell phone, but she stayed in character the whole time she did it, which is amazing. I'm into that. Yeah, and it's fair. It's like, and she was like, this bitch was texting throughout the entire- Was she filming or texting? She was texting the one that she took the phone out of the hand, but someone else. No, I see Ted's face being like, "That's that's okay." It's not like taking like that could be me. Yeah, you drag me to all kinds of shows that I don't want to see. It's like, what else is she gonna do? (laughs) I will say, people don't know how to behave in darkened spaces anymore. Like I went and saw (laughs) Smile. Did they ever? I think there was a look. I mean, we can get into this when we talk about tar, but like not to always harken back to Arclight Hollywood, but we used to live in a society, okay? We used to get three to four trailers and people didn't talk in the theaters. There was a Scandinavian teenage couple in front of me who were fully just talking throughout Smile and then on their phones. And it's like, I mean, one, the tickets were $10, but it's like, there are better places to hang out. Also, this theater is nearly empty. Go move somewhere else and I know what you're saying we could move somewhere else but also they well, show- you can't because there's assigned seating in Los Angeles so <laughs> no but there was no one in the theater they also showed up 30 minutes late and then just spoke through the whole film oh, that's annoying Did I'm you tell sorry them to babes. shut up we went Brie and I went shh shh but and then I kept like, oh I would love to see that I bet it was like shh <laughs> I guys, bet it was the I love angriest Lauren goes full Karen mode no <laughs> yeah Fully. Guys, I kept I I kept wanting to kick the seat so hard, and I was like, "Oh my god, I am gonna get arrested for like macing theater goers during a movie." Well, did I ever tell you about that altercation that I witnessed at the IFC Center? No. So I was seeing that movie Sleeping Beauty, an Australian film, actually. Which did you ever see that? It was about yes. the sex workers that are put under for their high profile clients. Anyway, much better sounding movie than it actually actually is but in the middle of the movie this guy this chick was texting the whole time grabbed the phone out of her hand and threw it at the screen and then he ran out of the theater and then the woman whose phone he took like started screaming like fuck you motherfucker and like chased him out of the theater it was amazing wait did she go get her phone first I don't remember. Yeah, I think she like, I think she fumbled around in the darkness finding her phone. Wait, why do people care so much if someone's texting? It's very distracting if it's right in front of you. If the, if you, if you look into a crowd and people have ideally paid hundreds of dollars to see you perform. I understand in a live show, but in a movie, I'm saying what, like, why would that guy? I don't care about texting in a, in a movie. These people were having a full on conversation. It's like, there is a bar here. Yeah. I think this would be more suited. Anyway, I guess we're on Patty Lapone's side. Yeah, I'm on Patty Lapone's side because <sighs> I'm the bitch that was texting. <laughs> <laughs> what would you? What would drag you her do? into this Hades Town shit? Because yeah. that is a completely separate issue. That then becomes about discriminating against the disabled. You know, right? 
she didn't do anything like that. Um, also, can you imagine how bad the Hades Town actor probably felt? I mean, I'm sure the person that he yelled at felt even worse, but it's a uh, she. I don't know. No, it's a she. <laughs> Lilius White, who I believe is African American, because would you be surprised to know that there was racist remarks hurled at her via Twitter when this came out? Oh God. Yeah, that's why it's in the bad news section. Anyway. Another week, another actor's genderless skincare line. This time it's Jared Leto, who is launching 29 Palms, an 11-piece range of gender-neutral skincare, body care, and hair care products. Named after the town outside Joshua Tree, Leto and his cult leader persona persuaded Kate Forbes from her post as head of innovation at Aesop to join 29 Palms. Uh, Price range is between $97 for an eye cream to $95 for a clay mask. Wait, what's gender? Endless skincare. I don't know. This seems to be the term that Brad Pitt and Jared Leto both use. I think if you're a man starting a skincare line, it's like, ladies, I know we're very hot and fuckable. You can use this too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Basically. No, it is stupid. I mean, it's stupid when people say that things that were genderless to begin with are genderless. Like folks. Yeah. Folks with a K and then they... Do it with an X. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like there was already no gender involved. Yeah, in you're this. good. Yeah. You're good. Well, this is equally infuriating. He did an article with Vogue where he said, I've never been really interested in beauty products, but I'm interested in the idea of taking care of ourselves in the most natural way possible, which just sounds like someone that exclusively shops at Erewhon. Like that's yeah. something someone like him would say. Well, I kind of don't understand why he did skincare and not hair care because I associate him with hair. Right. Well, with it's his luscious locks and his beard and stuff. Well, it says that it's skincare, body care, and hair care products, but that wasn't revealed, I thought. But there is an 11 piece line. The rollout of this is so bizarre. There's everyone is pulling from this one Vogue article, which doesn't even say the full price range, doesn't explain the products. Is just this person talking to him while Leto is taking a break from his Tuscan vacation in August. Right. Well, okay. What do we think of the packaging, though? Sure. I mean, it looks like Yeah, Tom, that was kind of my thought, right? It looks like yeah. Tom Ford packaging, but just purple. Yeah, it's fine. It's, yeah, it's fine. Like, you wouldn't, like, be embarrassed to, like, have that out in your bathroom. But it doesn't look... There's nothing really unique about it at the same time. No, but in, with every week that a new celebrity skincare line drops, I'm just convinced that they didn't like any of the shit and how it looked on their vanity. And so they just made skincare lines that work with the aesthetic of their bathrooms. Yeah. Wow, it's how too much? bad you signed that NDA <laughs> tat. I'm now remembering your Jared Leto story. <laughs> we'll save that for the Patreon. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was a bad one. Well, um, how was the bathroom, though? Could you say that? I don't know if he let me use it. <laughs> uh, I mean, how much skincare do you buy based on the way it looks? Wow, you just stunned us. That was silent. a long <laughs> Um, It's a mixed bag. I feel like there's certain products I need, like my face wash that you threw out when I was away because you didn't like the way it looked in the shower. Well, also because it was like... Bitch, I have acne. Like, I need to use Panoxyl. It was panoxyl. Some gross, like, crunched up, like, oh, panoxyl. Gooey, yeah. like yeah. nasty bottle of Panoxyl that had been in there for, like, years, you know? Okay, babe, it hadn't, but anyway. I bought you another one. Yeah, you did. I came home from the work trip, and I was like, 
where's my face wash? She's like, oh, I threw it out. Sorry. Anyway, you did buy me another one. Yeah, there's the products you really need that you just have to buy. Right. But then everything else I buy based on the way it looks. Right. But they are rich enough and diluted enough that they're like, but what if we just had a skincare range that just looked good against my vanity? Yeah. I mean, fair. Yeah. Why not? All right. Uh, well, this is just the beginning, guys. Skincare is just a gateway drug. As Leto is planning a partnership with High Desert Tets test sites the ambitious coachella valley adjacent artist residency as well as limited edition home and design objects in collaboration with a rotating list of multidisciplinary creators and fragrances that build on earthy aromatics okay sure whatever <laughs> so it's going to be like by rado in the sense that there's just like the normal range and then there's all of this like weird random crazy shit that just comes out sporadically at least with Gwyneth Paltrow I understand it because she doesn't act anymore but like why all these side careers that are most people like for regular people this is their full-time job like I always hate when celebrities are asked like if you weren't acting what would you do because I remember Drew Barrymore was like, I'd love to be an ad executive. And it's like, well, but you're implying that you would be as successful in that industry as you are in acting. Right. Do like, you think Drew Barrymore would be a good ad executive? No. I mean, Little Girl Lost is a good book title. Okay, but there's a lot that goes into. <laughs> like, yeah, I would love to be a ballet dancer, but I tried that. <laughs> like, that takes a discipline and a skill set I didn't have. Yeah. So, Tad and I saw Bros because we thought it would be a cute thing to take my parents to. And you haven't seen it, of course, because you're homophobic. That's true. I am, you are the ally, and I am, I am a cis, white, straight lady, and that's why Bros failed at the box office. I acknowledge. Because of you. Yeah. Specifically me. We all know this. Billy Eichner called it out. And I'm here to say I, I'm very sorry. Anyway, how was bros? It was good. I liked bros. Bros was not what I expected at all. Even though I knew that Billy Eichner wrote it, I still thought because it's a gay rom-com, it would be slightly more aligned with the Love, Simon type shit. And Did you ever see that? Of course not. Because oh, I oh, hate yeah. gay people, as we have established, we know this. No, but this is not like a Love, Simon, love is love is love type situation. Like, this is very much a movie for gay people, which is why I think it failed at the box office, because it just does not pander to straight audiences. But can I just say, I was, I feel like... I was confused by the marketing because the way the trailer is marketed is as if there is a subset in gay relationships that it's like, well, he's a jockey guy. And we all know gay people don't date jockey guys. And I was just confused at the concept of like them meeting. But it seems right. like they're just on the gay spectrum. Wow. Yeah. I sound- <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to cancel myself. <laughs> We need that woke moment uh, button, but yes, I've been asking you for that for over a year now. I know. Sorry. But it just, they're, they're mismatched. Is that the thing? Yeah. They're opposites as a couple, but that's what gives them their, you know, fiery chemistry. Oh, like you two. <laughs> yeah. Opposites? I don't know if we're opposites. I think we're opposite enough. Like I'm more like the Billy Eichner character in bros and you're more like his love interest. 
I just think it wasn't marketed that well. Well, the posters were atrocious. It looked yeah. like a gay version of the Emoji movie or something. <laughs> so I think that was a problem. But yeah, it's it's not a perfect movie, but I enjoyed it overall. And I thought it was interesting because Billy Eichner's character's central trauma isn't that he's like, a single gay guy in his 40s it's that he's someone who's been affected by homophobia throughout his life and like the culture has kind of moved on like his character says in the film they got glee and we got aids which is the kind of thing that that's the realist shit but that's not something that's going to resonate with random straight audiences you know or young gays even yeah exactly or something you want to see in a Judd Apatow comedy. Yeah, I thought it would be more Judd Apatow. And it was more like Billy on the street. Like, because in this film, his character opens a museum about queer history. And there's like a, a horror-themed ride that ends with the AIDS epidemic and Reagan and shit that felt like something they would do on later episodes of Billy on the street. Like, he desecrates a bust of Pete Buttigieg. Like, it was... That kind of vibe. Well, if that were, if that was in the trailer, I would go see it. <laughs> the best part of this whole movie was watching it sitting next to your dad. I know, I because I thought it would be more like you know, broy, straight. <laughs> straight. There, yeah, there's a lot of sex in it. Um, we hopped in the car after we saw the movie. And we were like, "What did you think, Ben?" And he was like, I, th- "I just thought we would see more." Dick sucking. dick sucking or oral I sex? I think he said oral <laughs> sex. And we were like, wait, were you in that movie? Because there was There definitely much, was. There was too much dick sucking to the point where I felt uncomfortable the whole entire movie because I was sitting next to my father-in-law. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what movie were you watching? Because I just saw a whole lot of dick sucking. So that's my dad's note. I don't know if he wanted more dick sucking. He just noticed that there wasn't that much. Interesting. But you know what? I mean, gay, why... men, gay, gay men have other sex acts, believe it or not. Yeah. I mean, your dad's a true ally. He's like, you know what? I saw a gay movie and I wish I was more dick sucking. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I keep trying to get various gay guys in the entertainment industry to like come on and talk about bros or Fire Island and like no one wants to do it. Which no one. Sucks. No one will go. Is that off. why I'm here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We tricked you into giving your true thoughts about bros to the point where they will not go on record. And we've been like, what if we disguise your voice? And they were like, maybe. Yeah. I think we could have a round table where it's like everyone's voices are disguised. Kind of like when Oprah did those episodes with like a bunch of pedophiles and it's like they're all sitting in a room with their faces in the shadows and stuff and have robot voices don't say oprah's name i'm triggered (laughs) anyway so bros you know watch it when it streams you don't really need to go to a theater i don't it's more of a streaming type movie i think that was the central problem he also pulled the only person in recent years that i've seen do this is elizabeth banks who blamed misogynists on why charlie's angels failed at the box office and then billy eichner blamed us straights when really no one wants to have the conversation that, yeah, there are some movies that you will go out and see in a theater and there are some streaming films. And then there are some streaming films that you'll go out and see in a the theater like Tar. Yes. My, <laughs> my favorite movie, Tar, starring oh. my, my new problematic fave, Lydia Tar. 
<laughs> oh, don't you mean Linda Tar? So we should say, I we had thought that this movie would be released nationwide by this point. It actually is not going to be released nationwide until October 28th. So if you don't want to get spoiled for an art house film, uh, I'll explain where you can go in this episode to not be spoiled. Hi guys, it's Lauren from the future popping in to say if you don't want to get spoiled, go to the 53 minute and 30 second mark. Beyond what our general review, which I will say, to me this movie was not good or bad. I feel like with this film you are either tuned into the frequency or not. I don't think I was, and I realized that I was in the minority, although I probably am in the majority of this table. This is fucked. You're crazy. <laughs> Lauren, there was not one second of that movie where I wasn't so bored. I, 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 mean, I like actually can't handle this. Really? I, I thought you would love it. It's not that I either loved it or didn't like it. You either, again. You're, no, it's like you didn't like it. Like you can't have no opinion about Tar. They just spent way too much time on the fact that she was a conductor. <laughs> and then doesn't end up getting to conduct. Okay, my central issue with this film is, well, one, it can be 20 to 30 minutes shorter. That's just... It could have okay. been three hours short. Come on. You guys are so fucked up and so crazy right now. You're talking nonsense. I'm convinced people are just saying they like it. No. It's a great film anchored by an absolutely incredible performance. Again, you're either going to like a movie whose plot is built on implied actions that often happen before the film ever begins, or you're not. Yeah, but like, that was just the director showing a lot of restraint. Like, he was like edging us throughout the entire <laughs> movie. Basically. Well, yeah, maybe if we got one single sex scene with her, I would have enjoyed it more. But that was just... Well, some of those scenes may have been sexual assault, Tat, so... <laughs> so okay, you're well, the ones that were so sexual canceled. assault... No, look, I'm not, while watching the film, I was like, I totally understand why Chelsea loves this film because a lot of it, it's very, you know, bitter tears. And it's also very Chantal Ackerman's, you know, Jean Dielman, which are some of your favorite movies. Yeah, and, of course. And again, well, you, you don't like Jean Dielman, which is fucking crazy also, but that's a topic for another, another time. I love when Chelsea treats- I'm so angry at you guys. <laughs> You, you should have seen the mood she was in when we left the cinema. Because everyone hated it. Like, my parents hated it. Tat hated it. The car ride, she, like, tried to make her point, and then she ended up just being like, oh, you're all fucking stupid. Like, I did not say well, that. Maybe that's thought. how you received what I said. Well, I did. I felt like that, I feel like that movie was talking down on the audience. Like, it wasn't trying to teach you about well, anything. Look, I'm something... I'm someone that knows next to nothing about classical music, let alone the inner workings of an orchestra. But that's fine with me. I like that it didn't pander to me, someone that didn't even know that Bach was problematic, you know? I so love just being a fly on the wall in this world, which is fucking fabulous. Well, first of all, it looks fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, Her she's apartment? hot. She's oh dressed my God. well. The apartment's great. To me, it just felt pretentious. Like, it made me feel stupid, which maybe that's my own problem. But, like, it, more well, like it Black was supposed Swan. to be pretentious, though. Like, she's a pretentious person. No, I got all that. Look, the writer in me just, in movies, I don't particularly enjoy how the plot and the pacing was doled out. Like, the movie kind of begins 40 minutes before it ends. And since this is a film about a conductor, I don't think the pacing of the film was an accident. I just didn't fuck with it. It's like... 
After an hour and 40 minutes of like very restrained implied doom, the last 30 minutes is an end of Goodfellas-esque breakneck fall from grace, which that part was great. I don't know. I just thought it was really fascinating the way that this film unfolded. And going into it, I really thought, based on the trailer, that it was going to be a movie like Black Swan, like Brian De Palma's sisters, that's about someone having some sort of psychotic break or identity crisis or something. But it's really just about some bitch that got canceled. I mean, I wish it was more like Black Swan. I'm smart enough for that, but (laughs) definitely not for Tar. Again, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about her and what happens in the film, because on the one hand, right, again, spoilers... Her firing for the involvement with a student. So I guess we should give a brief plot synopsis if no one... I mean, it's pretty straightforward. She's a famous conductor and composer. She has an EGOT. And she drove some young girl that she groomed and had sex with to suicide, essentially, as well as sabotaged her career. And maybe this this is a pattern that she's done with other young women in... uh, yeah. The world of, in it, the high stakes world of um, conducting. Yeah. But only because her wife was in Berlin, who you learn 20 minutes before the film ends, helped her maneuver into that world. It's like, okay, on the one hand, her firing because of what happened to that student who committed suicide is warranted. And then yeah. there's this. Well, also because she tried to sabotage her career, which is one thing we actually did see. On screen, basically. Uh, in emails. Yeah. But still, that was more... We didn't see her have any interaction with this woman. Well, she's the redhead that you keep seeing in that first half. No, I, I got that. But I'm just saying that... I didn't the, get that. <laughs> the only real morally terrible things we see her do is the fact that she sent those emails and that she threatens that little girl on the playground, which was major. Yeah, that was like the only part of the movie I liked. Yeah, that would be... I would definitely saw myself as a mother. Same. Uh, in, <laughs> you in that. Fucking yeah. bitch. And yeah. guess and and here's the best part. If you tell your parents, they're not gonna believe you. <laughs> no, there are amazing moments in the film, but another crucial scene. I mean, the first half an hour, 40 minutes of the film are just three to four very long, almost done in one take, which is very impressive. I believe that Juilliard scene is pretty much all in one take, where she's dressing down a BIPOC pangendered student, which is how he defines himself, who doesn't want to play Bach and doesn't know anything about Bach because he's problematic. And she gives this Bill (laughs) Maher-esque dressing down (laughs) and hatred, repudiation, she loves using big words, of cancel culture, which is someone filmed that class and then that video gets chopped up. And so she's also- becomes like a TikTok or whatever. Yeah, she further gets canceled- And that's unwarranted. But then the shit that she said in that scene to the students would definitely get her fired. Like, we've had this conversation about it. To be fair, she was just like a guest. Like, she, it's not like she had a class, right? She was just like popping in. She was a guest lecturer. But is this also, is this supposed to be a commentary on the bureaucracy of cancel culture? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. I read the review of this film um, in the New Yorker and that writer hated this movie 
I read that, that review. Thought that it was very. Um, thought that the film sympathized too closely with Kate Blanchett's character, that it had an overt anti-cancel culture conservative leaning, basically. But I don't really think that's true. I don't think this film made that many moral judgments, which I think is cool. No, that- it was up to the audience to decide if you sided with her or not. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. It's The moral arguments are neither here nor there because at once, as I just asked, it's like, is this a commentary about the bureaucracy of cancel culture? It's like, not really. Is this a fall from grace story? K- kind of. I mean, definitely. She really fell from grace. The ending of this film was dark as fuck. But, but everyone laughed in my audience. Did people laugh at the end of the film in your audience? Yes. Yeah. People did. So for those who haven't seen the film or are going to and don't care to get the ending spoiled, her fall from grace is so severe that she has to go to an unknown Asian country. It's never said where she exactly goes. And you kind they of filmed it in Thailand. Yeah. And you kind of think that she's uh, an in-house maybe tutor at first, or at least that's what I thought. Then you realize She's conducting a symphony of, like, teenagers. And then in the final scene, she is back conducting for very young musicians. And it is some sort of... She's playing along to a score of some kind of film that everyone in the audience is cosplaying. Yeah. In, like, furry outfits. Yeah. She's playing for, like, Comic-Con in Thailand. Also, okay, what was your interpretation of the massage situation? Do you think that was a sex worker that she had sex with and then she threw up because afterwards because she was just like horrified? Or do you think that she threw up because when she picked the woman out, she realized that that's just like what, how she's been picking like everyone in her orchestra for like since the beginning of time? That's what I took it to because there was something with the eyes up, eyes down. What was also the exact reversal of the blind audition for the cello soloist from earlier in the movie? You're either going to like a film that is built exclusively on implied actions that most likely happened off screen or not. But the thing is, Kate Blanchett is in almost every single shot of this film. And she is so astounding in this also i mean we've seen many cinematic depictions of lesbians but i've never seen one of this kind of lesbian which is like a serious highbrow lesbian like a jodie foster or an annie leibovitz lesbian and also i found it to be interesting like when most straight actresses play lesbians that are a bit more masculine they always like physicalize that in their pelvis like they always like jut out their pelvis and do this kind of like butch walk right with Kate Blanchett it was all in the shoulders it was like this very like intense posture that she had throughout the movie that I thought was so brilliant I mean she's given us so much I like the movie. I just, I don't agree with like an hour and 40 minutes of just implied quotidian, you know, in her life, which is all fabulous. And then it's like the last 40 minutes is again, an hour's worth of plot. Yeah, I don't agree with the movie in general. I'm glad you're on my side, Lauren, because (laughs) I mean, Charles' parents were on my side. But we called my auntie, who also happens to be a lesbian. She lives in San Francisco. And Chell and I had a, like, 40-minute conversation about this movie. My auntie also loved it. Yeah. 
But and yeah, I'm I should have had like, her on. What the fuck was I thinking? I don't know. But Talking again, to you, give bitches. her a call. <laughs> it's just a personal preference. I have a preference with certain films. I don't think it's a bad film. I think that she should win. Also, what I kept thinking was like, did she learn German? Yes. What can't this bitch do? She <laughs> I learned how to conduct. Also, that's when Tet really started wigging out. <laughs> Because she thinks it's real, she thinks that the physical act of conducting is just like incredibly embarrassing, it, and it she got definitely really... gives me the ick. It makes me cringe so much watching these people like with the face. Facial. I agree. Oh. She also like has that response to scatting. You know, I hate jazz. it. I hate it. I have that when people spontaneously start singing. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, I don't care not. how good your voice is. Don't no. just like sing. Also, the kind of people who like know they have a good voice, so they'll just like putter around and sing like quietly, but they want you to hear. Hey, I think I went to a private school and we would have our like annual, I don't know, it was, I don't even remember what it was called, music festival. And we did it at the opera house every year. At the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. Wow, how relatable. Anyway, point is, the music teachers would get up and conduct, and I remember just looking at them being like, oh my God, I hate you. Okay, okay. so we see where where this is born from. What I do want to ask, a fun note to end on is, what the fuck do you think she got an EGOT for? What do you think she won an Emmy for, a Golden Globe for? A I was trying to work that. Zimmer or something. Right. She's just done everything. What hasn't she done? Wait, what I want to ask is she came home one day with a Birkin. The Birkin that was a girl's. Yeah. Yes. What? Yeah, how, what? Okay, how I want to talk about that too. How good of a fuck do you have to be? I know. I to get a Birkin from a one night stand. I, you're not even a sugar baby. I, you're like a married... 40-something And this woman's just like, here, have my Birkin? I think it's set up in the beginning of this, which I will say one of the things that I did love about this film that I was not expecting is how of the moment it is. It's the only thing in media I've seen that references the pandemic that doesn't give me the ick, where I was like, oh, this makes sense, which is her last Mahler symphony she was unable to conduct because of the pandemic. It begins with a 92Y-esque chat... Yeah, it felt very of the of the time that we live in. Yeah, which I wasn't I wasn't expecting at all because I had assumed maybe this project had a had a large gestation period because the director Todd Fields hasn't directed a film since 2006, which was Little Children. Right. But yeah, it's set up that this woman is such a sycophant that she goes to the Carlisle and they fuck. Yeah. We don't get to see it, unfortunately. Okay, you don't really get to see her conduct a major symphony. You don't get her to see her have crazy lesbian sex. I would say I saw too much conducting in that. I know. The only time you even see her naked is like because she has to like furiously strip after like moving like that elderly woman that's on the verge of death. Which I have to say, having just seen Barbarian, Smile, and now Tar, too many scraggly hair, elderly, big, t- big saggy titty women as like jump scares, okay? Let's retire this shit. <laughs> you didn't even mention X, which I feel like is oh, yeah. the most major. <laughs> oh, Wait, yeah. Was smile terrifying? No. Really? It's, it follows, but was smiling. Wait, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> like so many TikToks of girls. Like some girl was like, I just threw up in the cinema. It was so fucking terrifying. Okay, I have one more question about Lydia Tarr's love life. Am I the person to ask? Well, I just I just haven't talked about this with anyone. So when her accuser, okay. her accuser who she groomed, who ultimately killed herself, reaches out to her, she's also sending emails to her personal assistant. 
who it's also inferred that Lydia had some sort of lesbian yeah. relationship but, with. So did they all fuck? Yeah, that's the bitter tears <laughs> of Petra von Kant of it all, which you're, because guys, this is all implied. It's never explained. Remember the assistant whose name I believe is Francesca comes in crying and delivers the news that Krista has killed herself. And, and she's like, I just want to be held. And Kate Blanchett's sort of like, ew, why? And then she finally holds her and she clutches her face and she was like she's not one of us she didn't belong there were three of us and now there's two of us yeah and then the wife the wife basically in that end kind of breakdown scene between the two of them the breakdown of their marriage I got the sense that she understood that Lydia was having affairs she knew the type of woman she married but the whole thing was why this is an issue now is you didn't warn me that this was coming down the pipe you didn't fair enough yeah that's it's like it's a different version of like the Tristan Thompson. Like you didn't tell me you got someone pregnant. <laughs> like give me a heads up. Yeah. This is coming out. Right. Yeah. The cover up is worse than the lie. Yeah, exactly. So yes, I assumed that there was a love triangle that Lydia had between her two students, which boy, I would have loved to see in a flashback. I know. I feel like we could have gotten just like a, since ooh, her sex. Tat, we're turning her. We're turning her. (laughs) No, I feel like we could have gotten just a minute long, 30 second long sex scene, even something like Black Swan. You just want to see Kate Blanchett getting fucked by a woman. Oh, I guess in this case, fucking a woman. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think she's bottoming for these chicks. (laughs) Um, Anyway. (laughs) See Tar, don't see Tar. You know what? It's like I hated this movie while I was watching it. And now you like it. No, I don't don't like it. Absolutely, I do not. (laughs) But talking about it, I can, like, see more than I could see when I was in the cinema. Right. I, like, appreciate it more now. But I, I mean, you know, that's a slow form of torture to ever have to watch that again. All right. Enough about Tar. Shall we move on to fashion? Please. (laughs) So we forgot to talk about the fact that the theme of the next Met Gala was announced, which happened a couple weeks ago. It's Karl Lagerfeld. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it seems, I guess, slightly unexpected because usually when they do a more obvious theme, which I feel like uh, the American fashion exhibit was not the most esoteric thing, they usually followed up with a more esoteric topic. But given that Karl Lagerfeld passed away in 2019, it seems like this was the first year it lined up to do a retrospective show. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by this because I was like, surely that Chanel exhibition wasn't that long ago. I went to that and then I looked it up and it was in 2005 and I was like, okay, I guess it's time. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I mean, well, this is clearly going to span his life's work, his time at Chloe, his time at Fendi, clearly his time at Chanel. All his that, time at Lagerfeld Collection, maybe? All, Is that all, that great, all that great work at, <laughs> at Karl Lagerfeld. He also designed really beautiful clothes for Tiziani in the 60s, including Elizabeth Taylor's costumes in the film Boom, the camp classic Boom, which is fabulous. I would love to see that enter into this exhibition. Do you think we'll also get Lagerfeld's outfits through the years? Because he was a bodybuilder, and then he gained weight, and then he famously and very problematically lost a shit ton of weight by just drinking Diet Cokes, I believe. Was that diet? It yeah. sounds like something you would do. So that he could uh, fit in uh, whatchamacallit suits. We actually should read his diet book for like a Patreon episode or something, because he released one. 
And should we follow the diet and see how long we make it? <laughs> Before shitting your pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope that people give us some major fashion moments. Although this theme is less likely to give us more fun gimmicky stuff than say the camp show or the Catholic show. Yeah, there's always this split, right? Where it's like, there are very rare years where there are things that will give you good red carpet and good exhibit. I think the Catholic imagination was kind of the closest in recent memory. But I think this is going to be a year where we're going to have a very like questionable red carpet, but a really good exhibit because the exhibit's yeah. going to be yeah, true. cunt. Like his body of work is truly insane. Um, I always think of that scene. Like the one thing that I remember from that Valentino documentary, apart from the fact that he has 10,000 adorable little pugs is that part where Carl Lagerfeld comes to his fashion show and he says something to the effect of like, compared to us, everyone else is making rags. <laughs> like dissing like every other fashion designer I mean, in the cuntiest way. Fair. And I, yeah, I mean, his body of work is astounding. It is. Lauren, you make a good point. I think the exhibition is going to be way better. Because, I mean, from your perspective, it's like, what are you, what are you going to put someone... Well, that's exactly what I'm fucking thinking about right now. Yeah. I'm like, who's Chanel? Who is Chanel going to lend to? The most obvious references are like, let's do the early 90s Chanel stuff. Is someone going to be brave enough to reference his like 70s Chloe looks? I hope. I hope Stella Tennant just shows up like in that bikini that just covers mm. the nipples with the mm -hmm. Chanel logo like she did in the show, that would be super fab. But I mean, my point before about what I thought was going to happen last year is like in my head now, I'm like, everyone's going to show up in a tweed suit. Yeah. Maybe there won't be one. But it's also tricky because so much of Coco Chanel, like Coco Chanel designed that jacket. That's, he yeah. just like interpreted that jacket yeah. over the course of 10,000 years, you know? Well, if anyone has any ideas for me... <laughs> Call yeah. into the hotline. Yeah. What it, do you want to see? It is an interesting choice, though, because he's not someone that's without his faults. Like, he's said a lot of <laughs> fucked up shit in the press. If half of those Chanel Cruz shows were shown today, like, he would be canceled immediately. But maybe because he's dead, people won't care. No, but people didn't. But people care about Bach, apparently. <laughs> but what did Bach do? Do we, do we still not know? I, How? Why is Bach problematic? Google well, it. Yeah. He's like Ted Bundy for all we know. I, evidently he was misogynistic. I'm always so interested to see like who people cancel because fashion is like obviously every single fucking designer has a dark history. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about every single one, but yeah, I'd say a lot. I'd say any luxury house that has been operating since the... Yeah. 40s or 50s as many of these have I'm sure there's there's some darkness there yeah, but there is yeah well but I love separating the art from the artist so how Lydia Tara of you <laughs> what I'm hoping is that in the lead up to the show we just get some good goss because his estate still hasn't been settled like he left a majority of his estate one to his cat and I think the housekeeper, the caretaker is trying to sue. He also left a lot of money to that like- Child? Yeah, that child muse. We don't want to talk about, does anyone, maybe that's what he'll finally get 
canceled for what was going on with that death in Venice child? Yeah, in in the last few years of Karl Lagerfeld's life, he had a fascination with a model son who he would put in the shows and would walk with him, and and he left a sizable amount of his estate to it. Who's a beautiful child, might I say? Very odd. He would always do like the closing look, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little yeah. You know, cherub. Well, I'm Not sure it's saying f- that anything fucked up happened. It was just a weird move. Yeah. Well, I mean, to then leave your money that. Yeah. yeah. It's curious. Anyway, uh, moving on. I'm very excited to say that Chelsea now has no excuse. She will have to start watching The Real Housewives because the rebooted cast of the New York franchise has been announced. And so, wait, the normal cast is just gone. Okay, so here's what happened. Uh, New York is the second oldest franchise, and basically the original cast, which they've had many cast changes, became so toxic that their only option was they now, they've split New York. There's a legacy cast, and now this new cast of slightly younger women. So it's like the L word generation Q. Yeah, except we don't get Julia Fox. We get someone like Jenna Lyons, who is the first lesbian uh, cast. Well, I mean, oh, I'm I'm just saying, like, not that I know from personal experience, but like those kinds of chicks, no one loves to les out more than them. Yeah, they're all fucking each other. All of them. Oh, yeah. you mean the original Housewives? I ladies. think just any of them. I think so. Yeah, I guess they're not lesbians, but no, they're married to men. They're all yeah, but, but they're all eating each other's pussy. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I wonder how that's going to work with Jenna because I can't really imagine her having, uh, like showing her relationships on this show. That doesn't really seem... That's... I also can't, as that one tweet said, I can't imagine her ever saying that someone smells like hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I actually thought of that when I took our dog home from the dog hospital because he did smell like hospital and I had to like use an entire bottle of whey dog shampoo to get the hospital off of him. For those who don't watch any of the Housewife franchises, the one franchise I've gotten Chelsea to watch is Salt Lake, which in the first season... A big argument between a woman named Mary Cosby and Jen Shaw was that Mary Cosby said, you smell like hospital. I need you to get out of here. Not the hospital, just hospital. Just hospital. hospital. No, it's so good. Anyway, I'm not Uh, sure who any of these women are. I attempted to figure it out. I know one is like a former model and she now has a a hot sauce line. So she might be a hot sauce influencer. There's another real estate person. But yeah, I had the same question as you, which is either Jenna Lyons is a a type of person we didn't think she was, or Bravo had one hell of a pitch to her about what this show was going to be. I think it's most likely the latter. I mean, I love Jenna Lyons. I haven't seen her in ages, but she's always been really lovely to me. She's one of the nicest people I've ever met in the fashion industry. And so I can't really imagine her being mean in the way that these housewives typically are. She's like a fun person, but also I don't know how like how real this is going to get. Well, if she's not, they'll edit it to make her seem a little meaner than she really is. Yeah, and she definitely put on that persona in... Was it an HBO Max show? I think it was. She had a reality show right. called Stylist. Oh, yeah, we watched that. Yeah, we watched the first few episodes. And in that, I think because it's a reality competition show, she did put on kind of like a Devil Wears Prada type vibe. Like you in that 
in that v file show you did i know <laughs> which has sadly been scrubbed from the internet no. I, I know it's really sad i wish um i wish that was still around when we weren't intern, together yet intern files when we weren't together yet but i had a crush on her i used to watch that show all my friends that clip and be Aww. like this yeah. is the one Ch- <laughs> chelsea was featured as uh yeah, i was a were, guest judge right but you were like a kelly catrone and you basically were like you know, who are these models? Who was this designer? She was such a bitch. I was quizzing the interns on fashion history. Um, and and when they didn't know, she was like, you don't know who this is. But to be fair, they didn't know like really basic shit. Like I Joseph showed- Joseph did. Joseph did, that's true. Yeah. But it's like, I showed them that famous like Avedon Versace campaign image of all of the models in the pastel colored sweaters and the little metallic- leather mini skirts and like all the interns like were like oh that's cindy crawford and like i have no idea who the rest of these people are you know what's so funny is i made sure i knew every single one of those models when i watched it because i was like well if i'm ever gonna date her like i have to fucking know this look at how she treats these interns (laughs) okay but i also asked them to name every member of the antwerp six so that it got it got progressively harder yeah i can't even answer that hit us chell i've got ann doula doula meester It's Antonio Meester, Walter Van Berendonk, Dries Van Noten, Marina Yee, Dirk Bickenbergs. Wait, how many am I at? You're at five. five. Oh, and Dirk Van Sane. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that. But yeah, that's the Antwerp Six. A lot of people think that Margiela was part of that, but he was in the class below them. I believe. Uh, of course. Look I mean, we all, we all know this. Anyway, production is set to begin this fall. It will premiere in 2023. Do you want to hear the log line? It will follow an all-new group of seven dynamic women who run in the same social circles. By the way, this is always a lie. They have to, like, pretend that they're all friends with each other. Yeah, there's no way met. that yeah. Jenna yeah. is running in that circle. Thriving in one of the most diverse and eclectic cities in the world, from fashion and real estate to philanthropy and social influence. What a nice way of saying just being an influencer. Uh, these women have made their mark in NYC and will now share their lives as they juggle careers, family life, and jam-packed social calendars in the city that never sleeps. Wait, so are they filming this as well as the original yeah, there's yeah. a there's a legacy uh, group that I think they're closing the their deals on, and then yes, this is this is being treated as if it is the New York because it's being classified as season fourteen of New York. Oh wow, yeah, it's so weird to me because I feel like Jenna has such an established personal brand, and I feel like people usually go on the Housewives to become brand. You know what I mean? So it seems mm-hmm. like I don't know what this really offers her. She might be one of those one and done because there's a lot of housewives that come in that I always think are lies where they're like, I've never watched this show before. Oh, I didn't know it was going to be like this. And then they leave after one season. So, well, I'm definitely going to start watching it. She's so hot. For sure. Interesting. Wait, you don't think she's hot? She's gorgeous. Oh. And think you thought she was hot. Oh. She's the tallest person in the world also. What do you think my type is? This one. I just assume you're Chelsea sexual. Well, well, it's I not am. like Jenna Lyons. I don't know. Jenna Lyons, not that we dress the same, but it's not yeah, that similar different, vibe. you know? Yeah. Kind of like a similar level. Now of- we're ganging up on you, Lauren. Yeah, that's what happens <laughs> when there's three people. Alliances change in, with every minute. Shall we get into Kardashians? Yeah. All right, let's cue the theme. Kardashianholics Anonymous. This is a case for the FBI. 
I'm going to New York, so we had to record this episode a little bit early. So we'll be talking about last week's episode. Unfortunately, we won't be covering the latest episode. Oh, I already forgot what happened. What happened in last week's episode? Well, I texted you after watching that episode and being like, I understand why people hate this family and hate this show. See, and I think you're crazy because that was a good episode. Now Wait, did I remember we watch it? That. Yeah, it was the one where... Martha Stewart came to visit yeah. Chris. Well, that's a good bit. Kendall started flipping properties oh. with that male influencer guy. She's never actually going to start flipping houses. Why not? That's a lot of work that you have to be in town to do and not traveling well, all not over if the you have someone, no. You hire someone to manage the project. Yeah, exactly. I would totally be doing that if I had Kendall Jenner money. People are hating on her for it, though. Oh, because she's already rich and this is a rich person hobby? I mean, it is a rich person yeah, hobby. Yeah, but it's a but... rich person hobby. She's a rich person. Yeah. And what better hobby? I mean, yeah, I would be like, if I was Kendall Jenner, I would be doing the Kendall Jenner version of Motel Makeover. Oh, well, yeah. But that's something that no one has actually done. That's actually interesting. I'll believe it when I see it, when it comes to the the flipping of homes. But... The other thing that drove me nuts about this episode, the Chris storyline with the hip replacement was a little, like that scene where she's talking about how she's scared, which is completely valid, but Chris is talking about how she doesn't have much time left when MJ, her mother in her <laughs> 90s, is sitting right there. <laughs> That's true. That was rude. Did I fall asleep? No, I, you, actually, I think you might have, yeah. Yeah. I think you, you did, actually. You did. Was that yes. the night of a... <laughs> that was our anniversary, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. How romantic. I mean, we shouldn't have been watching the Kardashians in the first place. I just assumed you could make it through. Oh, God. Anyway, the last thing is when the Variety article came out where Kim was like, nobody wants to work. I feel like you and I were behind her and it was like, guys, you don't understand. She's talking about the people who are trying to be her and how that actually is work. And we learn in this episode, that's not true. She's just like, no, I know people who work all the time. Like my mom worked. It's like, oh no. I don't know. I'm on Kim's side. I I am too. I said this the other day to someone at work because I had an assistant, whatever. You had a bad assistant? Yeah, I did. And I said that. I was like, I fully relate to Kim. It feels like no one wants to work. It's like, (laughs) what are you doing? You know? No, I- Get up and do your fucking job. I'm completely on Kim's side in that regard. I just wish that the explanation was slightly more nuanced because I think the truth is- you can't say that, one, they're famous for nothing. I've never understood that thing. They've had a show since 2007. They've been on TV for 15 years. Like, Dixie D'Amelio is famous for nothing. Like, she just dances <laughs> on TikTok. Like, well, they, she has a show now, too. So oh, yeah, now true. she's... And you know what? I watched the first episode of that, and that was, that was hard for me. That shaved several years off my life. And now she is famous for something. But you look at other people who've tried to replicate the fame that the Kardashians have, and they have succeeded so clearly there's something that this family has and it's not luck it's not nepotism it's not wealth there is it's charisma yeah people related yeah and it's obviously not inherited because caitlin got none of that (laughs) i hate when people say that kim's only famous for the sex tape because it's like this woman is a billionaire well yeah also it's like you make a sex tape and try and get that famous. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No one cares. I did enjoy for out of the years and years, decade plus, 
of planned activities. I would say Martha Stewart coming over for lunch, going peacock shopping was maybe one of my favorites. Yeah, it was great because Martha is also someone like Chris that just kind of accidentally became a television personality through doing something else. And she, you know, she's savvy. She knows the drill. She knows why people think that she's compelling to watch. Like she gets her persona and she plays that up. Anyway, Kylie debuted a new makeup palette, which at first I was into when I saw the promo for it because it's my shit. It's Kylie X Batman. But then I saw the packaging and it's more like the old timey uh, comic Batman, not like a Tim Burton Batman palette. Yeah, like who wants that? Have you seen the packaging? Yeah, I've seen it. I, I don't understand, but it's bright yellow and blue. I assume it's what they could get the licensing for. Yeah, but they could have drawn Kylie in that style, which would have been cool. Like, make her Catwoman, Batwoman, some shit. See, everyone needs to hire Chelsea for their ideas. Yeah. Or make it lean into, make it reference, like, Batman Returns or something without literally using, like, imagery from it. I feel like it could be done. But yeah, I felt like that was kind of a disappointment. Um, in other Kardashian news, Ye has been banned from Twitter and Instagram for anti-Semitic remarks. Yeah, but now he's buying Parler, so don't worry about it. Did you know that Parler, which has been defunct basically since the January 6th riots, is run and owned by Candace Owens' husband? So essentially, this is a Candace Owens grift to get Kanye to buy... The, this social media app that doesn't work. Right. It's basically only used by MAGA people. I've never heard of this. What is it? It's Twitter, but you can say whatever you want. Right. For conservatives. Although a big part of being, especially like a MAGA type conservative, is like owning the libs. So if there are no libs to own, what's the point? Yeah, that's true. Mm. Anyway, I don't even know where to begin with the Kanye stuff. Again, I say I'm not sure we should cover him. I don't really have anything to say about it. I mean, what he said was fucked up, but really not out of line with all of the other crazy shit he says. He's clearly mentally ill and, you know, now he's uh, going on every... Now that he's been banned, he's going on all sorts of programs Yeah, I I mean, he went on Drink Champs. Drink Champs pulled the episode. Why? They did? Because. What did he say? See, I can't even even be bothered to keep up with it. Because during that show, he said that George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose, not what Derek Chauvin did. Uh. And I think they pulled it because uh, George Floyd's family threatened to sue and now is suing Kanye for $250 million for defamation. Whoa. Yeah, I went to watch that and then saw it was three and a half hours and did not, but... Yeah, wild. Um, Also, he went to Skid Row and gave out a bunch of White Lives Matter shirts, which might be the worst thing he's ever done, actually. uh, Yeah. One thing that I find to be very interesting is that Vogue Runway took down... (laughs) <laughs> the first image of the Balenciaga show. Which was which him. He, which he opened. Yeah. The Yeezy show is still there, which leads me to believe that this is a Balenciaga note and not a Vogue right. runway right. note. Oh, yeah. Oh, Demna is fully washing his hands of Kanye. Yeah. So that's 
a big thing. And it's just so amazing that Demna put Kanye in the show and basically like this cycle of insanity that's been going on began the day after the Balenciaga show. Because that's when the Yeezy show was and Mm -hmm. it has not stopped. No. And also anyone that's around him at this point, like who was the person that drove him to drink champs? Who's the person that told him this was a good idea? Like it's equally at this point, the onus is on the people that are still left around him that are indulging this behavior. Yeah. But also he's just like extremely wealthy. So you can kind of do like whatever. Well, and it's yes men only around him. Like you see him on that and every, everything he says, they're like, yeah, you're right. That's, you know. Yeah. No one's willing to. But I feel like he is going to spiral out because of the loss of Twitter and Instagram because having access to his fan army, I think, is important for his self-esteem and his expression and whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. There's going to be a whole new level once there are no more publications, media outlets that will have him on, which it seems like that will begin about next week. Same thing when Trump got banned from Twitter. It's like, I feel like I just like never heard his name again. Oh, you're well, not, you're, you're not, not on, on Truth, Truth Social? Social? <laughs> That's his social network. Oh yeah, let me check it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's, we've said let's, it all. Yeah, let's just stop talking. Um, thank you for being here, Tat. Thanks for having me yeah. back. No, we always love to have you. Yeah, we love you. Please come back. I will, whenever you want. Yeah. Well, your mother brought up a good point, Chelsea, that she's like, well, don't have Tat on too often because you want her to be a mysterious figure on the podcast. Yeah, the more people learn about me, the less they'll request me back. (laughs) No, I don't think so. Um, All right. We never know how to end the show. This is like Lauren and I's constant struggle. Well, it was a dark ending. It was a dark ending. That's true. We usually... Someone tell a funny story. Well, I mean, I'm going to New York tomorrow, so I'll come back and be able to explain what the fuck Dime Square is. Oh, I can explain it to you now. Have you never been to Dime Square? I haven't been back to New York since our book release in 2019. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wait, are you staying in the Dime Square Hotel? Uh, I don't want to give away my location. (laughs) Oh my God, you are. Okay, <laughs> report back. And if anyone wants to stalk Lauren, you know where to find her. Also, if you hang out at Dimes or Kiki's long enough, I'm sure she'll roll up at some point. Catch Lauren and you can stalk her in the coming soon and the Bodie store. Well, I look forward to seeing you all. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.